Oh my god, it's movie bluffs. Wow. I can't That's believe so it. That's crazy. We're back. We're back. With another episode. We've got another episode. We're rapidly approaching the next decade. No, yes. the next year. Well, the start of the ne- the new decade, yeah. Yeah. this decade's done. That's true. This year. When everyone... This, the, maybe this is what messed up 2020 so bad. When everyone on New Year's was like, a new decade! That's wrong. This is the end of the decade. Uh, is that true? Yeah. Decade goes... Because the start of the decade wasn't... 2001 to 2010, and then it's no, over? No, 2000 to 2000... Or... 2010 to 2020. Well, 2020's not done yet. So how long does the next decade go for? 2021 to 2030? 30? Wait. But that's only nine 31. years. 31. 2031. Huh. Hang on. I'm not a Okay, so clearly scientist. we're not... No, I'm not a mathematician. What no. do I know? Go listen to another podcast if you want to hear about the years and their relevance. And how they go by, et cetera, et cetera. We just exist. What mm-hmm. do we know? Yeah. We're just floating through time and space, just hoping something good happens along the way. And speaking of time passing and the fact mm. that us mere mortals can't do anything about that, um, this week I watched Wine Country. Mm-hmm. A, a classic eventually to be classic movie about the passage of time and friends Mm. Mm -hmm. it's a great movie it was my suggestion for nate to watch uh it features the the just the best women in comedy just some of the best some of the greatest amy poehler maya rudolph rachel dratch uh uh, paula pell um uh oh shoot what's her name uh amy uh, emily spivey um anna gastair uh tina fey is there just so many so many amazing like women that I'm like I would die for you, um, and Nate hadn't seen it. it. Came out in 2019, so Amy Poehler was executive producer. It's a great movie. Yeah, so, and so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, Sarah, so having not seen it as recently, could you just give mm-hmm. us a quick little synopsis? Yes, I've only seen it once actually. Um, which we'll get to, uh, to why later, because I need to rewatch it, but I didn't want to, like, ruin our little setup here, because I was like, I'll rewatch it after we shoot the episode, because that would not be fair. Um, as far as the plot goes, it's pretty, like, basic, and the actual, like, root of the movie comes from the shenanigans and the antics and the actual, like, dialogue and the script of the play, or of the, the screenplay, um, rather than, like, the action mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a, a women coming of age in a midlife crisis, almost is what I would describe it. So Rachel Dratch, I don't remember any of the characters' names. They're all just, they're all like plays on the, the women's na- real names. Mm-hmm. Um, cause according to Amy Poehler, who like helped write the, the movie and produced it and whatever, um, this is an actual event that occurred in these women's lives. And for those of us who are not comedy fans, uh, like... That Nate and I are. Um, these women have been, like, uh, BFFs, like, the group since SNL. Paula was a writer. Anna, Tina, Amy, Maya, Rachel, um, Emily. Emily was a writer with Paula. Um, but they were all on SNL together back in the 90s, 2000s era. They all came up from I.O., which is an improv theater in Chicago. Did Second City in Chicago. 
all that together. So they've been together forever and ever and ever. Uh, and the story follows, uh, it's Rachel Dratch's 50th birthday. And uh, Amy has decided, Rachel has asked for like a simple party. She's like, I don't want anything big. I'm 50. I have kids. I have a husband I don't really like. I like, but like he's a, you know. And I just want something simple. And Amy's like, no. Guess what? No. We're not doing it. So she plans this getaway vacation to Napa Valley in California. Um, and all the, their, their best lady friends are going to go wine tasting in wine country in Napa Valley. Because that's where all the grapes are grown, I guess. And that's where all the wine is made. Not that I would know. Because I spent $5 on wine and it's great. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, yep. And that's on college debt. Comes out but, of the box for me. Period. Uh, yes, part of the... You know what? I prefer a bottle of Barefoot, but a box of Franzia. Ooh, chef's kiss. $5, either way. Um, but yeah, so all these women, they rent a cabin, like an Airbnb, up in Napa Valley. And they get together. And the movie follows... Uh, Amy is basically, like, ringleader, and she's very harsh on, like, the schedule. So they all have to be on the schedule. Um, and, like, I guess, like, the catalyst of the kind of stuff that happens... Um, they invite a, like, a card reader, like a, um, tarot card reader over, and she's like, oh, bad stuff's gonna happen to you, uh-oh, 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 and everyone's like, what? No, what? No. Um, and so then bad stuff does start to happen. They start to fight, we find out that Amy Poehler lost her job recently, so that's why she's trying to keep the group to a rigid schedule, because she's trying to, like, keep control of her life. Um, Paula Pell is, her thing in real life is that she's very gay, um, <laughs> very much a lesbian. She has a wife. It's great. I love her to death. She's so funny. But in this movie, she just is Paula Pell. She's like, I'm just looking to hook up. And so <laughs> she's talking to all these different women and none of it's working out. Um, there's one scene where she talks to, I think she's a waitress. I don't remember where she meets this woman. She meets a woman and they go to this woman's like art gallery and all of her art is based off of the nanny, off of Fran Drescher. <laughs> I love, I love the nanny so much. Um, and so yeah, so they, they go see this art show and they see Fran Drescher and then like Amy, I think Maya are like fighting and they're fighting about how the art's stupid and everyone in the, like in the exhibit thinks that they're an installation, that they're like a, a piece of the art. Anyway, it's funny. Um, Anna Gastier is like being kind of like pushed out of the friend group, she thinks. Uh, Rachel Dratch is like, oh, I hate my life. I'm 50 and I hate my life. Uh, Maya is waiting on test results for breast cancer, I think, or some kind of illness. I don't remember. Um, and Emily's... I don't remember what she's doing, <laughs> to be quite honest. <laughs> don't remember what she's up to. Um, but yeah, so it all kind of culminates on this, like, wine-tasting event. They're all, like, super wine-drunk in wine country. Um, and then they all, like, roll down a hill. I remember that. They all, like... They're, like, fighting, 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 and then they're like, fuck it, we're all old and... Not that old. We're all middle-aged. <laughs> and... If my mom hears me say that, she will be mad. <laughs> We're all middle-aged and, and and sad, and life didn't go how we wanted it to. So let's all roll down this hill and break our bones. Um, so then they do that, and in the end, I guess they all make up, and they celebrate Rachel's 50th birthday, and, and that's it. And they come to accept uh, the way their lives are. And, how, and then they're like, we can change our lives ourselves for the better. And that's the movie. It's really, really the crux of the movie is in the dialogue. It's it's the friendships. It's really heartfelt, it I think. I agree. Um, as far as movies go, this this one is definitely, I think, the heaviest sort of, like, 
um, uh, I think it's the heaviest content wise, like that we've watched so far emotionally. It's, it's very heartfelt and there's a lot of moments where it's like, Oh, I'm tearing up a little cause it's, it's it's just a bunch of good friends and friends fight, especially when they are all grown up and doing their own thing. It was very cool. I agree. What did, yeah, yeah, that what summary. Did you think? Give me your synopsis. Give me your synopsis. Synopsis. Oh my god, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> Give me your synopsis. Synop- oh my god, why can't I say the word synopsis? There it is. Tell me, Nate. <laughs> um. Yeah. Your synopsis pretty much hit all the main beats. Um. All of these great women are just kind of hanging out in wine country. Amy Poehler is is very strict about the schedule because she's trying to put off the fact that her life seems like it's falling apart. And um, I think it's Paula Pell's character who has just recently gotten new knees in like, like a knee surgery replacement. Oh, that sounds about right. <laughs> and so in the beginning of the movie, she's like, L- watch this. And then she just like runs and does a bunch of like jumps and stuff. And they're all like, Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then later in the movie, um, um, Maya Rudolph gets bit by a snake because she was storming out of a party um, because she was mad because she didn't want anyone to know that she thought she might have breast cancer because her test results came back but she didn't want to look at them it and was so breast she, cancer? oh I was right nice I couldn't remember and so she stormed out angry and then Amy Poehler also stormed out, but for a different reason. And so that was a funny little back and forth of like, don't come after me. I'm not coming after you. We're just, you're, we're just also, I'm also storming out. I'm not coming for after you. Yeah, was, yeah. Oh, I, I butchered that joke, you. but it was very funny. Um, we're just both walking in the same direction. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so then Rachel Dratch threw her back out and had an epiphany related to a raccoons in the bathroom. And so she's in the back of a golf cart and they're all driving after Maya Rudolph, who gets bit by a snake. And Paula Pell is like, I can use my new knees to run down this hill and get these <laughs> these repairmen on the side of the road to come help us. And so she runs down the hill and then falls and tumbles. And it's funny. And then they drive off. And then and then all the other women run, run after. And they're all like, we're friends again. And we're all bonding over this experience of falling down the hill. Yeah. Um, and then Tina Fey picks them up from the hospital because she uh, is the person who owns the house that they're all staying at. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. also a guy named Devin who came with the house as like, uh, I guess, a chef. Oh, yeah. Who plays Devin? A person um, and everything. Uh, uh, he's familiar. I don't remember his name, but I, I, he looked familiar to me. Whoever the I, yeah, actor I don't is. remember. But it, it's very funny that he's just kind of there and he's trying to be one of the gals and they're all like, please stop. Yeah. Um, he's making, I don't remember, it's like some seafood dish that, a paella. He's making a paella with cuttlefish and it takes oh, like yes! the entire weekend. And so they're all just like, I'm, I don't want this. I, this is annoying to me. Yeah. Um, so that was funny. But yeah, I mean, all the beats really, the middle is very conflict heavy because each character has their own like internal conflict and like interpersonal conflict where it's like, I'm at it. 
her because this, I'm the meh. And this was all foreshadowed by the tarot card lady who. Right. Who was very familiar to me, and I don't know why, but I liked her character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The actress was familiar? Mm hmm. I'll look I don't know if it was the actress or if it was just like the vibe of the character, but it was. It was a good um, setup for like the rest of the events because it. Oh, it's because she's 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 a Broadway actress. Hmm. That's why. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, and she's in The Handmaid's Tale. Okay. If you've seen The Handmaid's Tale, no, I've not. She has a BFA from Carnegie Mellon. Wow. <laughs> In case you're curious. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so a lot of great characters, a lot of great side characters, a lot of great stories. I was a little uncomfortable in the middle at the art show because it mm-hmm. it definitely felt like a kids these days moment, which you know I'm not a middle aged woman, so I didn't vibe with it. But I'm sure it was yeah. funny to our moms. Um. <laughs> Because they were just like, how do I don't know how to work the internet, and I'm mad at these kids for having an art show, which is fair because they were, you know, really privileged, spoiled kids having an art show. Like I would be mad too. Um, Period. Also, it's based on like Fran. Dr- if I remember this correctly, they were like Fran Drescher is not old, and like the like the take was that like this is like ancient like media. oh yeah 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 they were like <laughs> do you kids even watch TV anymore? And the kids were like, no, I only see TV in the movies. Right. Which, and granted, like is doing... a funny joke. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Never doing a movie that has a reference to television. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I just think um, that that's so ridiculous. That's such a, like, stupid, like, the nanny, like, of all things it's... to pick. They were like, that's just very funny to me. And the reveal of it was also super weird. Because, like, you didn't yeah. notice when you were looking at all the shots of the art that it was her in every single piece. And then you're like, And then the God. reveal, and you're like, <laughs> what the? This is Fran Drescher. <laughs> this is Fran Fine. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then Amy Poehler has this, like, big heartfelt speech about, like, we don't need to be young. We don't need to be cool like you. We're fine. Fran Fine. And then they're all like, was that part of the art? They're that like, was amazing. We love this and installation. Then, we love actors. <laughs> and then the waitress who Paula Pell was flirting with is like... But she's really just trying to get her to buy her art. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was kind of sad. But, like, you know, Poor that's boy. how it goes with everybody. They all have their own, like, moment of, I'm choosing me. Yeah, what do you think overall? Thoughts on the, the movie as a whole? It's a tough question. Yeah, it is a tough question. I know. I definitely thought it was f- Obviously, it was fun. It ha- it was a good comedy. Um, slash. Well, you know how, you know, those those more thinkum comedies mm-hmm, are like, mm-hmm. it's a comedy, but also there's conflict and like there's a point of of drama just to yeah. make, make it so it's not just a bunch of poop jokes. There's right? resistance. There's there's resistance to the to the, the funny. Like it yeah. gives you something to. Like, I think with a comedy, like, if there's nothing that provides a balance, you're just gonna be like, okay, it's like a kid's movie, right, you know? Right. There's nothing there, yeah. It's just so like it you was said, poop jokes, yeah. It was a really good comedy movie. Um, I don't know if I would watch it again just because, like, I don't really relate to that kind of wine culture, like, I'm not a huge wine person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 
it's not like I I got all the jokes. Like I understand. I don't want people to think I don't know how jokes go. I don't want people to think yeah. I don't get jokes. I get jokes. Do you get jokes? <laughs> Nay, I don't know. I think to get the joke, know. you have to enjoy know. consuming oh. wine. Right. What's wine made out of? <laughs> Grapes. <laughs> no. No. There's more than that. <laughs> it's ac- oh, man. wine is actually the uh, it's yeast and the sugar in the in the Hawaiian punch I have in my closet. Are you telling me you're making Hawaiian punch wine? I'm making hooch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you I'm making prison wine out of Hawaiian punch. That's good. Punch. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, oof. But yeah, there's there's a lot of really good bits of comedy and jokes and like also I like the references of like they all worked at a pizza place in Chicago is like obviously a, a sort of reference to the actors all worked in Chicago yeah. together and like that's how they met. It was very it was yeah. it was nice. It was a very cool it was I think an ode to their friendship and it's nice for them. It was. Um yeah, I, I don't think I would watch it again. Personally, just because, again, I don't really, I don't think it's for me. Like, it's, that's okay. It's fine. It's enjoyable. You can enjoy a movie and still not be like, I don't want to watch it. You can not want to watch it more than once. And you know what? Some movies are better that way. Mm -hmm. Because rewatching certain movies, it's like, okay, you know. That kind of sounds like the thesis for our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Some movies are better (laughs) if you don't watch them ever again. Ever again. Like, um, like, yeah, Faithful like Findings. Faithful findings. Really good. I'm yeah. never going to watch it again. I'm never going to see it ever it again. I just remember it being very good. I just, the mem- the, the, it's fading. And you know what? The more it fades, the better it gets. Let it fade. So. Oh, <laughs> like a- man. <laughs> oh, like a bad relationship. That's kind of funny. Uh, yeah, no, I would agree with you. I think it's a good movie. I haven't seen it more than once. I think, I, like I said, I, re- I will rewatch it. Because initially, and we and we can get into this in the next segment. I because I idolize these women like so much. Mm-hmm. Like I just oh my god, oh my god to have their career and to have like the way just oh my god I idolize them. I love them all. Um, and I was I was kind of expecting a little more. Like like we were talking before we started recording. Like the hype. I don't know if it played out because I think the wine. I really do. Like, like I'm like, oh, me, a 21-year-old, like, college student who drinks wine but doesn't drink wine like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, me as well, Napa Valley. Mmm, Chardonnays. <laughs> yeah. But also that was kind of the joke, too, is they were like, this all tastes the same. <laughs> right. Because it does. Anyway, but yeah, I agree with you. I guess this is a good stopping point to to hear a little ad break. Yeah. And mull over our thoughts on what we think of the movie, what we think of the jokes, and we can talk about more other things. Absolutely. During the break, why don't you uh, go on to iTunes, open up the little iTunes review, maybe give us five stars, maybe write some compliments for us. I don't know. Period. If you feel and like it. Share. Hit the little hit the, the little, little box button. with the little arrow arrow icon. Share. Uh-huh. Copy link. Do that. Or message, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram mm-hmm. story, Snapchat story. Yep. This is Twitter our fleet. <laughs> and we're back. We're Love. back. In the break, we, we pondered and we thought and we we might have gone potty and and 
in that potty break, we said, hmm, what do we want to say about wine country? And, you know, we, I'll say it. I'll say it, mate. Say it. I think this movie was overhyped. Mm-hmm. I think, not because it wasn't good, <clears throat> I think it was a good movie, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. However, in the advertisements for this movie, because all these women are so ridiculously famous and beloved, it looks like what I thought was going to be the next Bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. You know? Because half these women were in that movie. Mm-hmm. It was a Maya Rudolph flick, and it was, like, the, like, female comedy film for a long time. For, like, me right. growing up, at least. I was, mm-hmm. like, oh my, like the, mo- like, the modern, like, representation of really fantastic women doing really good comedy, right? Um, and it wasn't. I think it was, I think this movie was exactly what these women set out to make, and I mm-hmm. think the, the actual uh, result is better. Oh, yeah. However, I was a little disappointed because the publicity didn't match the tone of the movie, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. Because I had only seen the trailer, mm-hmm. you know, for the years prior to actually seeing the movie. And so I was expecting it to be a lot, a lot less about emotions, if that mm-hmm. makes, like a lot less about friendship and more about comedians acting crazy and yeah you know doing crazy things and you know it's not bad that it wasn't that it's just that it was confusing based on the one commercial that i had seen for it the right one. no exactly and then yeah the trailer was like all like because we were talking about a little, a little bit in the break like what the trailer was like and then what the actual movie was like and the trailer like you had said was like stunt very stunt heavy like physical gags and then the actual like movie well there was like a lot of stunts humor it was all like just like dialogue based like all just like Mm -hmm. verbal stuff and which is great like i love that like that is smart comedy but that's not what i thought it was gonna be and so i was like excited for what i thought it was gonna be and then it wasn't and i was like what and then i thought on it and then i pondered and i said you know what no this is a better representation of what these women do i think yeah yeah, it was a little misleading, but I still do think that it was a very good movie. I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't think I could dislike anything that they make, really. And I keep talking about how much I love these women, but I cannot articulate to you enough how much I love these women. That's me, that's me Sarah Paulson crying over Amy Poehler and Tina Fey and Maya Rudolph. I'm going to let the audience hear a little bit of that, but I don't think I'm going to let them hear <laughs> no, the whole thing. No, you don't thing. need to. You don't need to. You please don't. Good good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, I think we can probably get straight to rating this movie. Yeah. Um, Compared to Flubber, obviously, mm-hmm. because Flubber is the end-all, the be-all, the alpha and the omega, the obviously. snake eating its own tail, the aurora boris of movies is Flubber. It is um, the... The the eternal equalizer. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's at the middle of our scale, obviously. The top currently being Rocky Horror. Correct. And the bottom currently being Faithful Still Findings. Still Faithful Findings. <sighs> so what, you, you, you recently watched this. You're the uh-huh. one who's seen it more recent than I. What do you think? Thoughts? 
Now, it's interesting because this is one of the first movies we've watched that doesn't really have any fantasy elements. It doesn't really have any science fiction elements. It has a little bit of a horror tint at a at a certain point mm-hmm. um, with the, the tarot reading. Mm-hmm. But even that is more played for jokes. You know, the comedy and horror are two sides of the same coin. And so sometimes one can look like the other from a glance. Um it's very different from any other movie we've seen so far on this podcast. And so I'm having a little bit of a hard time deciphering where I think it falls compared to Flubber. I, I think agree. it's better than Flubber. I would agree. I think you're, you're yes. Mm-hmm. I'll, here, I'll remind you of our current order. Yeah. Rocky, from top to bottom. Well, I'll go from top to Flubber. Sure. <laughs> We have Rocky Horror, High School Musical, Nomeo and Juliet, Clue, Night at the Museum, and then Flubber. I think judging it based on exactly what it was intended to be and ignoring any of the maybe a little bit misleading trailers. The of it. Yeah. yeah. Thinking specifically about what the artist set out to make i think it i would maybe put it at the top of the list of movies because i think like artistically like emotionally story-wise the story is not anything to write home about but it is very real and very human and i think that it is probably the most human and maybe that's just because it's the first one that's literally just about normal people um, and not aliens. That's true. This or anything. Because th- we have just, like, it's, like, animated gnomes, like, Zac Efron, mm-hmm. like, uh, fucking Rocky Horror, and then Rocky Horror again, but we're in a mansion, and a dinosaur, and a guy that says, uh, firepower, <laughs> and then Flubber. So it's tough to, be, to to compare something that is probably the closest movie we've watched to a film to mm-hmm. a bunch of movie movies. You know? That's very true. I want to know I, what your thoughts are. Yeah. you I, seemed a little bit shocked when I put it at the top, but I don't know if that's I am, out of I'm not shocked or... that you put it at the top. I think it's... I just threw my pen. I think it is right beneath Rocky Horror. And I say that because while... Art, art is entirely subjective, obviously, and movies mm-hmm. are art. Even though they're not films, they are still a piece they're of still art, art. And they are still a work of art from the creators of that movie. Mm-hmm. And while it is, it's, it's exactly, I think, what the, the women set out to, what the creators set out to make, it's, it's enjoyable to watch, it's heartfelt, it's very genuine. Um, for those who, like, know these, like, women's careers, it's, I think, even more important in that sense because you see representations of themselves in their characters however i do think that pop like publicity popularity and and status within the public sphere and in Mm. in the film and movie world and in like a film's canon or whatever Mm -hmm. is an important function to the success and the relevance of a movie like, last night, I just watched on Netflix, they have a new series. Netflix show called The Holiday Movies That Made Us. Highly recommend. It's really interesting. And it goes behind the scenes about Elf and The Nightmare Before Christmas. And more episodes are going to come out soon. And I was watching The Nightmare Before Christmas one. And when it first came out in the 90s, it was not popular. 
and it didn't do it didn't do well despite it being the exact same movie that everyone loves today in like the 2000s it became like a cult classic and everyone started becoming obsessed with it um and then it became the movie we all know and love today despite it being the same back obviously mm-hmm. no edits have been made i think that that plays a role so therefore in that long-winded way of saying all these things i think it goes right beneath rocky horror interesting so you're taking into consideration um sort of like the the success of the movie and like the the people the people's reaction so i wonder if we came back to this movie in 50 years and we're like is it is it still good has it become like a cult classic of any kind um Mm -hmm. i wonder if that is also an angle that we haven't taken so you could very much be like sarah that's invalid and then we could still put it above Rocky Horror. That's just my take. Because yeah. we do yeah. have to come to a consensus. And because you've watched the movie more recent than I have, I think the precedent that we've made is that the person who watches the movie recently yeah. well, it makes the ultimatum if we don't unanimously agree. Mm-hmm. I do think you have a good point, though. Because this movie is not as old as Rocky Horror, it's not as well known it's not as beloved because it hasn't had time to really gain that following Mm -hmm. Hmm. but also i don't know if the initial buzz was worthy of that following Mm -hmm. but it's only been out for a year so i don't know i think putting it right below rocky horror is fair um i think rocky horror is still a cult classic Mm -hmm. i definitely don't think it's going to be the best movie ever but i agree i don't i don't think um, that wine country necessarily topped it in all the categories. Yeah. I think this I is a really interesting discovery of movies are different. I know movies. a few weeks ago we discovered that all movies were the same, but I think movies you know might what? be different. They might be a little different. Maybe we just need to watch more movies. Hmm. And you know what? Yeah. That's what they don't pay us to do. That's what they don't pay us to do, is to watch more movies. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now... So what's... Yes, speaking of... The next movie that Sarah will be watching this coming week is a movie that I love to make wordplay about. Um, it indirectly inspired this podcast in the first place. And it's, <laughs> it's a great flick. Um, as far as movies go, uh, it is Now You See Me, the, the magic movie starring Woody Harrelson and the younger Franco brother, Mm -hmm. Jesse Eisenberg, I think. All these people are magicians. Morgan Freeman's in it. Aren't they magicians in Vegas? I, I think so. That's exciting. I didn't realize that this that this was I forgot that this was the movie that sparked this mm-hmm. podcast that we we're back to our roots we're back we did it mm-hmm. and it only took us one two three four five six seven eight nine ten movies so ten whole that's, episodes in we're finally talking about the first one it's exciting that started it all so Sarah uh, next week we'll watch the watch now you see me I will remember the magic of Ma- of now you see me and um i guess we'll see you then so i'm sarah i'm nate thank you for listening if you're listening thank you for watching if you're watching thank you for reviewing us on itunes 
and poof, we're gone. <laughs>